Welcome to episode 213 of Grid Talk. Today we're here to discuss today's Austrian Grand Prix Sprint. My name is Ruby Price and joining me we have F1 expert Jack Watson. Hello. Hello, Sophia Richmond from Everything F1. Hi. Hi, and journalist Louis Edwards. Hello. Hello. Uh, But first, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you'll automatically go into our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of merch. Shout out to Hello, It's James, who left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel but do watch us, please consider subscribing. Help us out with a like as well. So it was a mostly uneventful sprint race in the warm-up for Sunday's Austrian Grand Prix, but we did at least manage to see a few on-track battles amidst the 23 laps of on-track action. Jack, what did you make of today's sprint? And as you rightly said, it's not the most eventful sprint we've had, especially with the past two or three being amazing, really. Um, fortunate, really, that Checo and Hamilton were rather out of position, <laughs> yeah, I would I would argue. But we did get to see, as a result of that, quite a, quite a few interesting stories develop. Checo's always going to be fun when he's coming through the pack, of course. Mick putting on a good show, as we should, we'll get to all of this later, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Red Bull Ring, it's normally one of those that, it it can it does normally entertain, so I'm a bit surprised that things panned out the way they did. But I mean, maybe we'll go hard out for the race. Yeah, absolutely. I think an element of tire choice as well could have played a part. Um, everyone, apart from four drivers opting for the soft tires, no, everyone apart from four drivers opting for the medium tires. Four drivers choosing the softs. But Sophia, uh, before we even started, Alonso and Gran Ujou had issues that affected the race start. Alonso still with his tyre blankets on, some choice Spanish words, I imagine, and Joe with a loss of power, um, which caused an extra formation lap, reducing us down to 23 laps. What will Alonso and Alpine have been thinking of, you know, during that race start? Oh, I would love to hear those radios like from Alonso because you know that he would be absolutely livid given how far he, he was up the grid. Um, I I don't think has it been announced of what actually was the reason for it um, or not. Um, uh, with Alonso, I believe it was some form of electrical problem. Okay. Uh, Joe just couldn't get his engine started. Yeah. Well, Joe was able to join back anyway. He just started from pit lane. So that was kind of a bit of damage control. But Alonso, yeah, would not have been happy with that. And now, obviously, we'll be starting towards the back of the grid for that. Um, Joe's just been so unlucky. We've said this on many times on this podcast on Everything F1. is like he's had five engine problems now which resulted in three DNF. So his luck is just not the best in F1 on his rookie year. Yeah, absolutely. A very unlucky driver at the minute. But Louis, um, Brazil is the next sprint we've got, and we've had a good example of it last time out in 2021. Next season, we're confirmed for six sprint weekends. Do you think F1 is ready for that sprint capacity, especially, you know, as we've seen this weekend, the reduced amount of on-track running that it means for the drivers? Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's a tricky one um, because of the cost cap and the the all the issues that are currently happening with that around the sport at the moment, whether or not it's, you know, it's still feasible to have six sprint races um, 
in a season is is yet to be seen. I guess we'll find out next year because qualifying it's you know usual qualifying in the usual um way that it's done it's fairly straightforward um unlikely for driver to driver contact um but then you, when you see things like today um you know when Gasly and Hamilton had their contact that could have ended a lot worse meaning a lot more money having to be paid out uh, by the teams to to fix that but um no, I look forward to the one in Brazil later on this season. I think uh, we saw last year just how good it can be, and Brazil is a great track anyway. Um, and then the six that we have, I imagine it'll probably incorporate the ones that we've already seen. So probably going back to Silverstone, um, you know, Imola again, and yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be good to see uh, what tracks they choose. But uh, I think the cost it may be a little too high, especially with the budget cap at the moment to, to see six. Um, well, especially to see any more than six. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at the actual sprint then, I guess, Jack, Max Verstappen led away at um, the start and just carried on. And did he ever really look like not winning the sprint today? No, not really. <laughs> I think he was cruising, to be honest. Um, I mean, Leclerc was catching him, fastest lap and all that. But I think Max was just sort of cruising along really just doing what he needed to do especially once Ferrari well we'll talk about that <laughs> um, yeah uh, no I, he's on fine form he's always gone well at Austria um, and I really don't see anything major changing you know, he'll be feeling good going into going into tomorrow he's done everything he can again walking away with maximum points in a sprint so yeah uh, he is set up very well very well indeed yeah, absolutely. And he'll just be, I guess, praying for not a repeat of what happened in 2018, where he stalled at the start of the grid, but he still won that race, which is impressive when you think about it. But Sophia, Charles Leclerc, P2 in the Ferrari. Um, do you think that's the highest he could have been today? Or do you think he ever had a chance of, you know, getting on to P1? Yeah, that was probably the highest. He could have even gone into P3, dropped down, because um, him and Carlos was battling out for the first six laps or so, um, going wheel to wheel on a lot of the turns, especially um, on the start. It was just, Max was just too quick. And Charles said that post-race as well. It was way too quick. But luckily, with both Ferraris being two and three, maybe that might be able to help push to maybe get some more, maybe take P1. But yeah, it was a good race for them didn't crash, had some good, clean kind of battling racing, which is what we want to see. Obviously, against his own teammate is always kind of heartaching and like on the edge of your seat. But yeah, that's probably the best he could do for Charles. Yeah, and unfortunately for Charles as well, he's never actually, well, as far as the the statistics go, he's never actually won a race, not from pole. So if we're going to follow the statistics tomorrow, Sunday is not going to be the way that he wants it to go either. But Louis, Carlos Sainz, or Carlos Sainz, if you are Johnny Herbert, um, P3 in the Ferrari, a couple more seconds back from Leclerc. They had a bit of a tussle, but after that, he just disappeared. Yeah, I think maybe Ferrari uh, might have come over the uh, the radio and, talk, and maybe had a little word telling him to calm down a bit because... 
yeah, it was some seriously close racing between him and Leclerc, and that could have ended in tears, as we've seen multiple um, instances in the past between the Ferrari drivers, and I don't think uh, Binotto wants to go through all that again. But, um, yeah, I think it was just best for Carlos to keep position. It does look like um, the Ferraris um, are going to be quick tomorrow and they'll want both of their drivers there rather than um, them two coming together and costing themselves um, for the race. So, yeah, it's third place for, for Carlos today, but he'll, he'll know that they've got a good chance at, uh, you know, on the podium tomorrow and I think you may um may give Charlotte a bit more of a run tomorrow when the when the points are a lot bigger and the stakes are a lot higher. Yeah, absolutely. A lot higher stakes tomorrow. And you know, we've seen already today drivers who were on for a good chunk of points tomorrow now starting significantly further back all because of um incidents or not quite having the reliability and you know, this is still a form of qualifying when you think about it. So, you know, more points handed out on Sunday, less points handed out on Saturday, if points are handed out at all. Um, Jack, uh, George Russell, one of the four drivers who's been summoned um, uh, to the stewards regarding the formation lap. Um, but considering that car was in a couple of bits yesterday and still this morning when you consider the curfew as well that the mechanics had to follow, P4 for George, a quiet day. Yeah, very. Um, when I saw that incident in quality at the end of quality, I thought he probably got away quite lightly, not needing uh, a new gearbox when he's taking a penate for that or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, on pace-wise, it was just a consolidation really um he wasn't re- anywhere near the throws and but he definitely had more in the tank to cover off those behind him so i mean obviously perez was held up um, and alpine while strong uh, i don't think Ocon's their strongest driver um so yeah just did exactly what he needed to do get the points that mercedes can um might be trying something different in the race but it's a sprint mercedes has gone through a fair few spares already this weekend Try and avoid that and just, yeah, focus on the race. More points, more stakes, all of that. Yeah, and I heard Toto Wolf saying that they'd used the good rear wing in qualifying yesterday. So George Russell had to revert to a rear wing that maybe wasn't as Austria suited. So there is certainly that that's going to play into consideration as well. Sophia, Checo Perez made a very good recovery from the... um track limits related incident yesterday which can have its entire point of discussion at some point um you know good old FIA stewarding and stuff like that but you know a good show from Checo today started P13 finished P5 and you know that puts him back in contention for tomorrow's race definitely I mean that overtake on the inside that he did um I can't remember off the top of my head who was it mine's just gone blank but no he did very good like he's always been quite good on making positions like we've seen obviously from him starting from back of the grid to winning a race oh yeah Mick was on the inside um but yeah like like I said he's always been good to making positions that's kind of where one of his many skills that he does have that entire saving entire management uh comes into play but it's good for red bull having uh perez now kind of more up the grid to help uh kind of defend and kind of support max in that kind of way um 
without qualifying, I'm like you said, we'll probably discuss this a bit later, but uh, I, I get, I understand the Q3 del- deletions, but the Q2 one, that's kind of where I understand it, but I feel like obviously they should have done a lot more because uh, Perez actually used new tires for that last in Q3. So he's lost a set of tires to begin with that V already was out <laughs> by the deletion of the um, time. Like, uh, yeah, it's, we'll have, we'll discuss a bit later for sure. But I, FIA, we have a love hate, obviously, with how they are and how consistent and how they are with messages and such. So I just feel like it was probably the worst call, worst timing. They should have done it straight away. Yeah, and they certainly showed that they can do it immediately. Um, the only question is why they didn't. Um, but yeah, Louis, Esteban Ocon, P6 in the Alpine, uh, did have to pull over after he crossed the finish line. Um, and Alpine suggested it might be related to Alonso's electrical issues as well, which, you know, at least they've got until tomorrow to try and find out what that is. Um, but other than that, a pretty steady showing from the Frenchman today. Yeah, there was not uh, really too much um, he needed to do. Um, yeah, I think probably the only real action he really saw was when Checo went past him, and that was about it. And he dropped off quite a bit from Checo after that. I think he finished almost 20 seconds behind him. So that's an impressive pace in the front air. For it, if that's all that Ocon can do to get... Um, to get um, sick place, sorry. and but no, it's, he sets himself up nicely, solid, um, you know, middle of the point, uh, for tomorrow, and that's just where Alpine need to be at the moment. While uh, while the likes of McLaren are having a poor weekend, AlphaTauri aren't really competing, and all of these other teams don't seem um, all that fast. It's, it's good for um, for Alpine just to be there, collect solid points, and I think Alcon will be hoping that the electrical issues that have been plaguing Fernando's car before this um, don't affect him in any way um, in tomorrow's race. And um, yeah, I think he'll be set for some good points. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed for him. He's one of those drivers that has needed a solid showing after being somewhat overshadowed by his teammate, um, which I guess happens a lot when your teammate is Fernando Alonso, who we will get to later. Um, But Jack, Kevin Magnussen, P7 in the Haas. Um, really, the majority of what we saw from K-Mag K- was just driving in front of his teammate and providing DRS for most of the race. Um, but is there anything more that you think the Haas could have done today or was P7 really where they were aiming for? I think maybe at the start, they would have been hoping to get a jump on Ocon. Um, I mean, the Haas really properly quick um, in the in quality. Um, obviously hitting six, and the only place they lost was because of um, Perez's mad charge. So, yeah, it's, it's a strong showing, um, but I think it might have been, again, kind of similar to to the Mercedes of um, stick with what you got. You don't want to push the tyres too hard if they, for whatever cataclysmic reason, need to lean on them again for a sprint at the end of the, the main race, then they can do that. Um, so, yeah, was mainly just trying to tow Mick along when they realised, oh, hang on, he's, Hamilton has not just blown past. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I suppose there's a lot of people who are getting quite frustrated that he drove off at the end, but he has still got a securious position. And obviously Hamilton's putting pressure, building that. They still want to 
secure two points than not one. So I think maybe it was the right call just to let him extend that gap at the end. Um, but fantastic team of a pair of them. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Sophia will be looking forward to talking about Mick now. <laughs> I mean, there's a driver in between the two of them, but um, I think as well, something that needs to be obviously like thought about as well is it is ultimately up to Mick to remain in the DRS range of Kevin. Like it's not always just up to Kevin to, you know, be dropping back to keep Mick in that fight. But um, Sophia, uh, Lewis Hamilton, rather than Mick Schumacher, um, finished P8, the last of the points runners of the sprint um, that we have today. Um, When he fell back two positions on lap one, I thought it was going to be a bit of a similar case of Italy sprint all over again, of just being stuck behind cars. But it took him a while to dispatch the cars that did end up passing him. Yeah, definitely. I think it took him like at least eight laps, nine laps, because he was stuck behind Mick for the majority of the race until the last two laps. Um, that was a battle to see. Like, I, I mean, we'll speak about Louis. We'll speak about Mick probably a bit more, but I'm loving this new points Mick. Like from qualifying and today, obviously he wasn't that happy in post-race interviews and everything, but his defense was great. He barely was putting a foot wrong and putting the car wrong. He had great exits as well, but with Hamilton, he compared to seven time world champion, like he knows how to drive. He knows this track very well. Um, it was, it was a bit surprising, but in the end, obviously, he did get there. But I think it was also due to the fact that Ke- uh, Kevin did not provide the DRS for Mick towards the last two laps. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's good that he's starting up, I mean, a little bit better. He's getting some points as well. That's going to help. But I'm I'm hoping I'm oh, I don't like saying this because I'm not over, I'm not a big overly Hamilton fan, but I think he, I can see him contending to top five maybe even a podium potentially tomorrow, which is possible because we've seen it's very easy for uh, overtaking sometimes that DRS is becoming so powerful as well. Like last season, you didn't realize how powerful it was with the three zones. And this one, it's a lot more. And we're noticing with the new regulations for that. But it was a good race. It was a good battling. I I thoroughly enjoyed it because that was pretty much all that we were seeing on TV was purely that and then the Ferraris in the beginning and that was it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the closest on-track battles that we saw today. And Louis, um, ultimately the driver that ended up worse off in the um, on-track battle between Lewis and Mick was Mick, um, just finishing outside the points. But Sophia touched on this a little bit. Since getting his points in Silverstone, we've seen a very like determined Mick Schumacher again, haven't we? I think it's I think it's possibly come um, from before that. I mean, you think of Canada. Like Mick was running very comfortably in the points in Canada, uh, only for his car to fail on him. You know, he's been doing great uh, great work. He's been in and around the top ten in qualifying a lot recently, and finally in Silverstone, just everything came together and he got he got his um his well deserved points and. You know, starting starting tomorrow in ninth is definitely not the worst position. We've seen that this has does have pace. Both, um, like Jack said, both Mick and Kevin have shown that this this has has some good pace this weekend. And when other midfield teams are faltering, they're going to be there to take the points. And I think Mick is showing that he has really good racecraft around this track. He knows where he's quick. He knows where to defend. And I think uh, fingers crossed. I don't want to 
touch every bit of wood uh, possible, but that it, you should uh, hopefully get back to back points. And um, I think that house is definitely top 10 capable uh, for both of them. So I'd be very surprised if I saw if we see them drop out. Yeah, that's definitely certain. Um, the Haas have been quick this weekend. Jack, a driver who was driving somewhat quick, actually, at some points um, today, Valtteri Bottas in P10. Uh, we did see him catching the uh, Mick Lewis and uh, K-Mag train towards the end, which might have just been more because of how um, slow the two uh, drivers were. But... Um, Anything of note from Valtteri Bottas? What do you imagine he can do tomorrow from P10? Uh, I definitely do think it was because of the fight. I mean, we really did see them bog each other down a little bit, especially turn three a couple of times. Um, but it's a strong result from Bottas, I believe, if I'm correct. I think it's an improvement on his qualifying form. Uh, yes. Yes, uh, two places up. So um, better than he would have managed over one lap. Um, and Bottas does seem to more prefer performing in the race anyway. Um, so definitely on the hunt for points. Um, if so, I mean, we, we know how close this is. Um, if for the Ferrari engine holds out in the back of that thing, it's still got that, does seem to have a little bit of its early season advantage. Um, this is a very much power track. It could all swing to him. So I reckon they are definitely on the hunt for points. And he is going to have to kind of carry Joe since, um, since it's issues at the start. So it's just kind of hoping that that doesn't come to him either. Yeah, absolutely. Sophia, um, Lando Norris, P11. Yesterday, he could have done with um, a certain prime minister showing them's the brakes um, because they didn't seem to show up um, a lot during qualifying. But um, he finished ahead of Daniel Ricciardo in the sprint, um, despite Daniel Ricciardo saying at one point he was the faster McLaren. Um, but to see the two McLarens, obviously, where they finished um, compared to where they started, obviously, there was a few dropouts and stuff. But P11 and P12 puts them in a good stead for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, both of them, it was just a quiet race. What kind of annoyed me, and I, I was saying this on group chat, was you can see on the screen him both McLarens are battling, battling Alex, but they refused to show any of it. Because like you would see Alex and the two McLarens and Alex in between the McLarens. And then it was just the battling and it went on for at least two laps. And you just see it. And you're just looking at the sidebar, you see the two Ferraris. Are they going to go against each other? Are they going to go against each other on the turn? And that really annoyed me. I, I'm waiting to see clips of it because I would love to see the, those battles. Um it's good positions for them, obviously, with a few dropouts and everything. Starting mid-grid, I can maybe see one of them in the points tomorrow. Um, it's just been not the best season for McLaren. I mean, McLaren as a whole, because of Daniel Ricciardo, like, he's just not doing well at all. And we've said this multiple times, like, could this be, like, the last season? Like, there is options for them to kind of break his contract. But Lando's just kind of breezing ahead. Um, getting the points needed for them when they had the chance, doing the overtakes, doing the defending. So, yeah, it was a quiet sprint for them from what we saw from <laughs> viewing and videos. But, like, on the side, obviously, it had the battle. But, yeah, they just need to start picking it up. Like I said, I'm hoping for one, maybe both, um, into the points tomorrow, hopefully. Like, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely one, hopefully two. Um, Louis, 
Do you think Danny Ricardo has any chance of finishing ahead of his teammate tomorrow? No, that's, that's, you can't ask me that. <laughs> you, you can't ask me that um, because Lando's biggest fanboy here. I can't. You can't. You can't ask me if Daniel's going to finish ahead of him because I'm going to say no. And I think objectively, I think I would also probably say no as well. Like. Um, Daniel had a good pace, but I think that just the pace in this McLaren this weekend is just really poor, um, it, which is really annoying and um, really, really sad. But I think, yeah, they were definitely made up their positions because of the, the lap one incident. They just immediately sort of gained those positions. So I think Lando would have probably been a lot further ahead of Daniel had his car been able to stop um, during during Q2 yesterday. So... Yeah, I think it is. It's a, it's a tough one because the McLaren pace doesn't seem to be very good, and it's sad. It's really, really, really sad. It feels like we're back in Bahrain again. Uh, but uh, I hope Lando gets points tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you consider where McLaren have been for the last three seasons, to see them, you know, struggling to finish in the top ten like week on week this season is somewhat you know, kind of gutting, really. You know, they'd managed to pull off most of a comeback. But then you see Ferrari, who, you know, had a terrible 2020 and still somehow ended up on the podium. Um, and are now actually, you know, one of the two protagonists of this season. I just wish that we could race in Imola every week. It'd be great. <laughs> Imola would be a good season special. Um, Jack, Lance Stroll. Um, I don't really think we saw much of him today, but tomorrow in Sunday's race, um, what do you make of Lance Stroll's chances? That's, uh, well, I don't really know what to say for him. Um, like you say, didn't see much. He did make up a few places, looking at the grid, but um, I suspect it does seem like two of them were because of well, Gasly's self-delete and um, trouble, trouble for Tanada. Um, so yeah, it's the Aston isn't doing amazing though. It's not a very capable car at the minute. It seems it's had flashes of brilliance, but um, so yeah. Uh, I I mean, look, he's close-ish to the points. So if he can um, stay away from people, then uh, he might have a chance of uh, of making his way up the grid. But yeah, he's more fighting the car than fighting the competitors at the minute. Um, so. Yeah, uh, uh, be a struggle, but obviously they can get into ten foot nine. That'd be a good result for him, I think. I think tenth would be a great result for Lance Stroll himself. Sophia, um, Joe Guanyu. Ultimately, after what happened on the formation lap, it became a damage limitation after he managed to get the car going again and was forced to start from the pit lane. Um, but P fourteen, I think, given everything is not bad for damage limitation. Yeah, I think, wasn't he starting around that time as well from qualifying? I think he was P5. I can double check it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, damage limitation, obviously, we thought, I didn't even think he was actually going to start the race given how it was looking or if he would be fined and they would just do damage limitation and just let them not let him not race the sprint race. But, um, yeah, 
I, like I said, I've said this multiple times, like he's just had the most unlucky rookie season with all the issues that he's been having through no fall through his own, most of them as well. He's still getting the points. He's still, when he does finish, he is producing good races for the team and getting the points needed and having Bottas as well as like kind of like a mentor and somebody to look up to is really helping as well. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping does well. I hope he finishes again as well. He's becoming one of my favorite drivers this season as well when he does race. It is a nice surprise seeing Joe when he does actually finish the race, finish the race so well. Um, but Louis, uh, Pierre Gasly, what is with his turn one? Well, what is with his lap one incidents? I think after today, it was three in the last four races, if you want to include the sprint. Um I thought for a second we were going to see a repeat of the Silverstone incident again. Well, yeah, not only has it been however many uh, turn one collisions, but also every single sprint race goes against Pierre Gasly. He does something, something happens. I don't think this man has ever had a clean sprint race. And it's, here we go again. It's, it's, uh, I think... I think Pierre is just. I, I mean, the 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 first lap was it was difficult. He was again caught in a kind of like pincer. Um, well, Lewis was caught in a kind of pincer because <laughs> Gasly had done exactly what uh, George had done to him literally last week. Um, and I think he just need, maybe just needs to work on a bit more spatial reasoning. Um, just <laughs> check his mirrors once in a while. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a tough one for Pierre, and he's going to have to fight back tomorrow. Um, and how far he's going to be able to fight back, I don't know. The AlphaTauri hasn't been great, and to be honest, Pierre hasn't been on his best, um, you know, on his best foot this season. Um, I think maybe if we were sort of maybe last year's Pierre, he might be able to cut through the field a bit. But uh, unfortunately, uh, I think for Pierre, I think maybe a, a completely pointless. Double on top of that uh, weekend for him. Yeah, the uh, 2022 Tauri is not as suited to Pierre Gasly, it seems, as the 2021 one was. Um, but then I guess as well at the same time, you'd had basically what was effectively the same car for two seasons with just a handful of changes. Jack, a driver who will absolutely hate the Red Bull ring at this point, Alexander Albon in P16, Five-second penalty for forcing Norris wide. Um, contact with Vettel, which put Vettel off into the gravel. What was going on with Alex Albon today? Yeah, it wasn't a great showing, was it? Um, he was doing all right, to be fair. Like that, that fight with the uh, McLarens was pretty cool to watch in the timings, <laughs> as uh, Sophia pointed out. But, um, yeah, he getting pretty racy and we sort of saw that little flash of the Albon from the start really of uh, not being afraid to get in, get stuck in um, it was a bit clumsy up at turn three though turn three is a clumsy corner in itself as Martin Brundle kept on saying it's such a weird one for the for going side by side through um, that uh, contact with Vettel I'd be surprised I mean it's still under review is it or has it been dismissed now Um Either way, I'd be surprised if there was action on it because while Albon did wander out into him, he was understeering. Vettel could have still left a bit of room. Yeah, don't think there's much to, to say there. Um, 
and obviously after that, car's, car's not going to be 100% anymore. So it would have struggled a little. But um, yeah, it's just kind of a shame. This might have put a bit of a blunt no on his on his race performance. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Going to be another toughie for Williams, unfortunately, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Currently, nothing that I've heard of regarding the Albon um, Vettel incident. However, we have just seen that there's no further action for the um, start race procedure infringements for the four drivers that were called into questioning there. Sophia, uh, Yuki Sonoda was showed the black and white flag for track limits, which I'm surprised we didn't see more of during um, the race, but that's the second year in a row Yuki Tsunoda's been, I think, given um, the black and white flag at the Red Bull ring. Um, just not a fan of this circuit, perhaps? Oh, Yuki. Um, where do I start with him? Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know what's with this track. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him these last few races as well. You saw the syn- synchronized spin that he did with Gasly and Silverstone. Um, apparently, there's now a psychologist getting involved, according to Helmut Marco for Yuki. I I just don't understand. Um, with regards to track limits, I think it'll be more prevalent on Sunday. I think sprint was not as much. Obviously, we still saw some drivers going off a bit. Um, and then obviously, as you mentioned, Yuki with the flags. I think it's going to be more common going to take place tomorrow with the longer distance. Um if anything, if seeing F2 and F3 will show the amount of penalties that kind of took place for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with Yuki. Like he was doing good and then fell off and then did good. And now he's falling off again. Like it's just going with a wave. And at the moment, AlphaTauri can't afford to do that, given how bad Gasly is doing this season as well. I I think they were expecting him to do so well and then kind of help Yuki. And now it's kind of Yuki almost beating Gasly in the points and like... It's a weird mix, and yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. Like Yuki's just a kind of unpredictable driver. I think in this entire season, um, you don't know if he's going to do an amazing job or if he's just going to spin out and go to the wall. Yeah, it's certainly uh, not Yuki consistent, but Yuki Sonoda, um, Louis. Nicholas Latifi finished basically about five seconds up the track from Max Verstappen. 23 laps. That Williams is not going to enjoy tomorrow, is it? No. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, um, well, it would have, imagine if he did actually get laps in the sprint race. That, that is, that is some. Um, I don't think I just. I don't think you can even call it impressive. It's just it's just sad at this point, isn't it? Um, I think we're seeing uh, the return of normal uh, service with uh, Nicholas Lazifi. Um, yes, he had some great outings in Silverstone, but uh, my God, it's it's been back to back to default settings um, this weekend. And while um, his is kind of being like a meme of just how you know of the TV is you know clock is ticking for him. There are so many great drivers out there that Williams will want to take over them. I mean, the only thing that Nicholas Latifi really is offering right now is is coffee. It's, it's all he's offering to the Williams team is 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 some 
all right coffee i don't know i don't drink coffee i don't i don't i don't i don't know what it is um but uh yeah i think uh, the cv is really on borrowed time now in formula one and i think williams will definitely start looking elsewhere and i imagine he'll probably be about well this is the third race distance isn't it so factoring pit stops and everything else that goes on i think it probably is going to end up maybe two closest three laps down tomorrow just based on today's pace yeah absolutely and that's with you know like the staff and being able to almost cruise to an extent um imagine if like they do actually the ferraris do put pressure on um the staff and he has to drive you know full metal to the no full pedal to the metal that's the phrase ah anyway uh Jack, Sebastian Vettel, P19, DNF at the end because they boxed because of car damage. I'm not surprised he had car damage considering he was going backwards at one point, it looked like, in the gravel. Um, Is there any silver lining to Vettel's scenario today? At least it's it's the sprint and not the race, I guess. I mean, yeah, uh, I suppose so, though, why they... if that car damage was what retired him and they then didn't pit him until lap 21, a good few laps after. Uh, that seems a bit of an odd choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again, Aston Martin, not a great car, not enjoying the circuit. He was fighting quite well with that one. I mean, looking at the table, everybody, well, he made up quite a few places, I think, off the start when um, Gasly tried three or four wide into turn one. Um, so yeah, of course, Vettel being wily, otherwise your fox, what's new? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's if they can, if he doesn't have any any like, further damage, um, he could try and push on. Uh, but points again, it'll be a tough one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not going to be not going to be pleasant. Though I would put um, some money at least on him still passing Stroll. <laughs> You'd hope so. Um, maybe, maybe if if he gets enough um, points forward, he can uh, pay off the suspended twenty five thousand euro fine that he's being given for his uh, leaving the drivers' meeting early yesterday without permission. But um, Sophia, we've already touched a bit on Fernando Alonso, obviously DNSing. Um, I. Will he start ahead of Bottas? I think we were discussing this pre-show. Um, does anyone know where he's going to be starting? Not entirely sure, because they only just released the no further actions for all the summons. So I think they're still waiting to get any kind of grid out um, by the FIA. They're quite busy today, the stewards. <laughs> Not just with F1, but with F2 and F3 for sure this weekend. Um, I think would be, because given Bartas with an ice, as we mentioned on the previous, that probably would be like the highest priority to start last or whatever kind of like engine or kind of penalty components would be, but not entirely sure. Um, but anyway, with Alonso, we'll still see. Um, I can see him moving up a couple of places. I can see him taking Latifi. I can see him taking potentially Stroll. Well, Stroll's way up, but if Stroll was down, I, I can see him maybe moving up at least four places, um, given how he knows this track. He is quite good. He has the experience for it as well. Um, we'll see. It, it will 
he's always been moving up the grid anyway. He's done that on almost every single race, kind of moved up positions anyway. Definitely not in contention with points. But yeah, like I said, maybe three or four places. But hopefully we'll see for tomorrow. Yeah, you never know is, I think, you know, the best thing to say. But now let's look at some um, predictions for tomorrow. So we'll start with you, Louis. Um, what's your podium for tomorrow? Um, I've said, I really don't want to go for the obvious because I feel like what we've got right now is probably a very good reflection <laughs> of what, what is to come tomorrow in terms of the three drivers that are there. Um, so I'm going to maybe switch it up. Carlos signs back-to-back wins. Um, then I'm going to go Max and then Charles. Nice. Signs, Max, Charles. I know what you're saying, though. Um, Verlex signs is the new Hamver, but isn't it? Um, Jack, your podium prediction for tomorrow, please. Verlex, Ross. I reckon. I think signs will probably start. I'll try and fight Le- Leclerc and uh, be told no. <laughs> Essentially, I, it just I, honestly it, it, seeing how they were racing early. Do, do Ferrari want to win this championship? Uh, I don't know. Um, they could have just DRS like trained their way up. I would have thought. Um, obviously, big old race tomorrow. That's not really feasible. Um, I reckon Russell's probably going to get him. We'll wait and see. Uh, Sophia, your podium prediction, please. So I'm going to say Charles, and that's purely also because I have a bet with my manager about it because he's a Max fan. Um, so I think it's going to be Charles, then Max, then Carlos. Um, yeah, that's my podium. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm just going to go with the safe option, I think, at this point, which is um, Verstappen, Leclerc, Sainz. Um Hopefully it won't be as boring as that, but you never know. It could still even be an exciting race and still produce that podium. Um, But we also need a bold prediction from everyone. So, Louis, your bold prediction for Sunday, please. Latifi to be lapped less than twice. That's bold. That's very, very bold. (laughs) Almost as bold as some drivers' logos. Um, Jack, your uh, bold prediction tomorrow, please. I think Alonso will wind up in the points. And I'm going to actually say that with some confidence, even though it is a bold one. I mean, Sophia's face suggests it's bold. <laughs> but if, you, if you're going for it, you're going for it. Sophia, your bold prediction, please, for Sunday's race. I feel like my bold position is not as bold as compared to these two. I was going to say both has and points, <laughs> given where they are starting. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to say both McLarens and points. That'll be the bold prediction, I think, <laughs> over the has and both points. My bold prediction is similar to that, but Danny Rick, P4. You never know. It's it's Austria. You never know. Um, and after all those predictions, um, it's time to give our panelists an opportunity to give themselves some promo. So, Louis, we'll start with you. Where can people find you or your work if they want to find it? Uh, I mean, they can just find me on here, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, as I am one of the, uh, the co-hosts of, of this podcast. Uh, so you can find 
to make sure to subscribe to the uh, to the Grid Talk podcast. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at L underscore G underscore Edwards. Uh, I didn't nick Jack's format, I promise. Totally not. And Jack, um, I think it's very much the similar case. Yeah, pretty similar. Um, more than like most likely place you'll find me is on here. Um, if you, again, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's J under uh, J underscore C underscore Watson. Um, I do occasionally do a bit of writing, uh, formerly on Sportlight, now from going uh, going forward will be on F1 Chronicle. Um, more techie kind of stuff. Um, so I've mainly covered F1 and sports cars in the past. So yeah, you might see a couple of articles pop up there on there from me. Yeah, and Sophia, you're from Everything F1. Yep. Take it away. <laughs> so uh, we're on all social medias: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. It's either Everything F1 or Join EF1. Um, we have a podcast that we do live recording every Tuesday night and then gets released on all streams on Wednesday. And then we have a website, www.everythingf1.com, posting F1, F2, F3, IndyCar, W Series, pretty much any kind of motorsport racing. Um, and that's daily, pretty much, and a few opinion pieces as well. Yeah, very, very good um, outfit that they've got there with everything F1. And if you want to find more from me, I do have a music podcast, uh, Fresh From The Scene, available on all of the usual podcast platforms, which I will list later on. Um, But if you want to find me on the socials, it is generally at Rubes, R-U-U-B-E-Z, or maybe a 001 if someone got to me first, got to the username first, which is always unfortunate. Um, but with that, Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most episodes are recorded live. If you are in the YouTube chat at the minute, which I know there are quite a few of you having a very intense discussion, um, we'll be sticking around for about five to ten minutes to do a bit of a post show, maybe answer some questions. So get them in that YouTube chat box right now. Um, but we're also available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Casts. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merchandise on f1chronicle.com forward slash store. And also make sure you subscribe to the first and know when each new episode is released every single week. We'll be back tomorrow with plenty more F1 content, including a review of the Austri- Austrian Grand Prix race. Um, but thank you very much for listening and goodbye.